is the cup. That cup was the fact that he was going to become sin, that he was going to take upon himself the sins of the world. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace. I'm Jim Scudder, Jr. And today we're going to be talking about the Bible's four gardens, which are you. Uh, did you know there were four gardens in the Bible? And this is the time of year that my wife and I like to go out to our garden and harvest our tomatoes and our peppers. We don't do a lot, but we do at least those. We want to try to make a little salsa uh, or whatever from our, our different things that we grow as we're in late August. But it's really exciting to think of the fact that the Bible has four gardens. The first two, the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Sin, Gethsemane, the Garden of Agony. And then today we're going to talk about these two, Golgotha, the Garden of Triumph, and Paradise, the Garden of Eternity. It's so exciting to know that what went wrong at Eden is going to be fixed because of Gethsemane and Golgotha. And then we're going to be able to spend eternity in paradise in a place that is reset, a place that uh, is, is free of tears and cancer and sorrow. And that's a glorious day to think about. This is a message that's geared toward the lost. And we've preached these in a series of sermons on Sunday mornings at Quentin Road Baptist Church, where we invite the lost to come to witness someone's baptism or baby dedication. And uh, we have, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 people in the room that might not know Jesus Christ out of uh, hundreds. And so I preach a message really geared toward evangelism. And I think this is one of those that will really help the lost see salvation and, and using the four gardens as our placeholder. And so if you are already saved, if you've already put your faith in Jesus Christ as your only Savior, then maybe you can use these themes to share the gospel with people and rejoice again in your salvation. If you're not certain of eternal life, then today can be the day of salvation. So pay special attention today to what I'm saying, especially about Golgotha, about what Jesus did on the cross and how he triumphed over sin and how you can be saved from sin, from hell to heaven. And right before we get into today's message, let me remind you of several things. One, in Grace is a podcast and a radio program. Some of you are listening on the podcast right now. God bless you. Praise God for you. Many of you are listening on the 550 radio stations that air In Grace. We're thankful for both groups. If you want to get the podcast, you can find In Grace on anywhere that they send out podcasts. So those are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and, and pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you'll find In Grace. And we also do a lot on social media. And the way that you can follow myself on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram is at Jim Scudder Jr. So J-M-S-C-U-D-D-E-R-J-R. Uh, and if you find us, then you can follow along in what's happening today and real current. This is where we are. This is where we're filming. This is something I need you to pray about. And it's more than just the media ministry. I post about maybe a, a, a camp that we're having or somewhere that I'm at in the world and kind of keep you informed on how to pray for in grace. So let me encourage you to follow us on social media at Jim Scudder Jr. And then we also have these free devotionals that we email out every day. Day, and you can get them 
on YouVersion, our YouVersion Bible app, or you can get them emailed to you. So if you'd like to get those, go to our website, ingraceradio.com, click on the devotionals, and we would love to set you up with our free devotionals every morning. In Luke twenty-two forty-four, it tells us that being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if it were great drops of blood. Wow. You know, there is a known, very rare, but known cause where you can sweat blood. It has been documented. It's a physical phenomenon. Under great emotional stress, tiny blood vessels can rupture next to your sweat glands and out of your sweat glands can come a mixture of sweat and blood. The agony, the agony that Jesus was under. It's also interesting to me that Adam in that first garden, part of the consequence in sin was to have to work by the sweat of his brow. And here off the last Adam, Jesus is pouring sweat mingled with blood. Romans 5 tells us this in verse 19, for as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Aren't you glad that Adam, your ancestor, sinned and passed that down to you? One man sinned, and all of us have had to pay the consequences. So by the obedience of one in this garden shall many be made righteous. Isn't that amazing? The last Adam, Jesus Christ, who came perfect, never sinned, was obedient even unto death. We find that here in the garden of agony. Number three the Garden of Triumph, and that's Golgotha. Golgotha, which also is the same word in a different language for Calvary. Calvary. Golgotha means literally the place of the skull, and this is another place that I've been to. In Israel, you can go today to a place outside Damascus Gate, not far, maybe a few blocks away. There's a road, and the Bible describes where Jesus was crucified. There was a road. Passersby would mock him as they went by. Uh, the Romans made it a very public place for crucifixion. And by the way, we call Golgotha the Garden of Triumph. You say, wait a second. They're nailing Jesus to a cross. How can this be a Garden of Triumph? Well, right next to Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull, and you can still stand kind of on this overlook in the garden and look at, there's a bus station there, and then there's this rock face sticking out of the earth, and it still looks like a skull, eye sockets, a mouth. If you looked at it, you would say, that looks like a skull. The place of the skull, Golgotha, Calvary. When a man is executed, who's supposed to be God, he's supposed to be all-powerful, but yet he's letting people nail him to a cross? How can that be all-powerful? That, to me, seems like all-weak or all-unable to save himself. Well, you know what? He could have zapped the people nailing him to the cross. He could have zapped the molecules of the iron nails, and there's no way we could have crucified God if he didn't want to be, but he was doing it, again, as a willing sacrifice. So he was allowing himself to be nailed to that cross. That's a moment of triumph. What looks like a moment of devastation and defeat is actually a moment of triumph. Although it was the world's darkest hour when Jesus was on the cross, the earth shook, and when he died, the earth grew dark in the middle of the day. I went downstate, and I got to be in totality. I didn't know what totality was. But as I stood there, it was one of the most profound and amazing things. But it was still light. It was very dark in the middle of the day, but it was still light. 
Can you imagine when the lights literally turned off and it was ink darkness in the middle of the day? That's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. You say, oh, that's not a moment of victory. That's a moment of defeat. No, because he died as a sacrifice for your sins. And he rose again. That's why we call it the Garden of Triumph. Right next to Golgotha, literally a few hundred feet away, really just a few feet away, is the beginning of a beautiful garden. We believe this to be the Garden of Joseph of Arimathea. They came and took Jesus' body off the cross. They put him into a tomb that had never been used, as predicted, by the way, hundreds of years before. All of these things were predicted. And there they put him. They laid his body They hastily wrapped his body. They put a stone in front of it. They thought, somebody's going to try to steal the body, so let's put the seal of Rome. Let's put a a guard in front of it, and there's no way somebody will come and steal it. And that's the way it was. His body laid there for three days. But you know what? On that third day, that first day of the week, Sunday morning, his body was gone. There's a sign there today over the tomb, and it says, he is risen. He is risen. Because of the Garden of Triumph, because of Golgotha, because of Calvary, we can have triumph out of the Garden of Sin. Look at John 19, 41. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden was a new sepulcher wherein was man never laid. Then we look at the resurrection in Mark 16, in verses 5 and 6. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting at the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. And they looked, and it was empty. The grave clothes were as if the body had been taken out and they just deflated down. Our victorious king of kings had conquered sin and conquered death. What we started in the garden of Eden, the garden of sin, what he agreed to in the garden of Gethsemane, the garden of agony, he triumphed over in the garden of Golgotha, the garden of Calvary. And it's so wonderful. Are you in the garden of victory? Have you been redeemed? Have you put your trust in him? Do you still think you can somehow save yourself? Or do you realize that he's done it all for you? What garden are you in? And then the fourth garden is a future garden. This is a garden called paradise. Garden of eternity. Now, I believe paradise, the eternal garden, is a recreation of Eden. I can't wait. Some people think heaven is floating on a cloud and playing a harp. You know, that'd be fun for five minutes. And then we'd be going, what's next? Well, the Bible says, eye has not seen nor ear heard the things that God has in store for them that love him. Heaven is not going to be boring. Heaven is going to be amazing. And the garden that we find in heaven, the garden, the restored paradise. And actually, in Revelation 2, 7, it uses the word paradise To him that overcometh, and I believe that is the one that has put their trust in Jesus Christ. You're an overcomer if you put your trust in Jesus Christ. I will give to eat of the tree of life. Oh, the tree of life again will be in this garden, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That word paradise means garden of delight. 
garden of delight. There's not going to be any weeds to pull in that garden. Everything's going to grow in a very amazing and lush way. And what else is in that garden? Well, Revelation 21.4 tells us there's no tears, no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive Ingrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. Think about that garden of eternity. And what else is part of that garden? Well, there's other verses in Revelation 21, 21. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was one pearl. The street of the city was pure gold as of transparent glass. You know, the purest of gold is actually transparent. The most refined. We can't really get it to that today. But can you imagine such a city? The streets of gold, transparent like glass. And then 22 of Revelation 1 through 3 showed me a pure river of water, of life. Remember the river in the Garden of Eden? Here's another river, clear as crystal. Have any of you ever seen water that is just clear? You have to kind of get away a little bit, go to the Bahamas or go somewhere else uh, to find that really clear water. I love clear water. There's a lake up in northern Minnesota. We used to own a resort up there that we would take our church to. And I'm a fisherman. And there was a lake called Lake 13. It was between 12 and 14. Easy to find. It's so funny. They have so many lakes. They just, you know, let's just call it a number, you know. Lake 7436. So Lake 13, but it was remarkable. The lakes up there were very clean and very clear, but nothing like Lake 13. I mean, you could see the fish, but they could see you too. But just so beautiful, so clear. There's something about crystal clear water that is just amazing. And this river was of crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street of it. And on either side of the river, there was the tree of life. Here it is. You say, how could a tree of life be on either side of the river? One tree. Well, maybe the roots come down. You ever seen those redwoods that you can drive through in California? It's amazing. Those huge trees. Well, maybe this tree would have its roots on both sides of the river. And the tree is really amazing. How many trees do you know that gives you more than one fruit? I mean, there's some grafting they can do these days, and, but a natural tree usually has one kind of fruit, right? Well, this tree, it had 12 kinds of fruit. It yielded her fruit every month. There was a new fruit. And it was for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. I can't wait for that garden, the garden of paradise, the garden of eternity. There's a curse, 
That came from the first garden. The decision to remedy that curse in full was made in the next garden, the garden of Gethsemane, the garden of agony. That was accomplished at the next garden, the garden of Golgotha, the garden of triumph. And it will be fully realized in this garden, this eternal garden, this garden of heaven, this garden of paradise. To be in paradise, you must get out of the garden of sin. You must get out of the penalty of sin. How do you do that? Well, because he paid the price for our sins, he literally, God himself, perfect man, fully God and perfect man, he died in our place. And by his blood pouring out, that blood can cleanse every sin. He paid for every sin, all of your sins, the sins you committed yesterday, the sins you're going to commit today, the sins that will be committed tomorrow. He paid for all of those sins on the cross. That's why it was such a heavy burden, a heavy a cup to bear. But he did it. He did it because he loves you, every one of you. You say, God doesn't care about me. God doesn't love me. He does. It's all throughout scripture. The Bible talks about a God that is love. And he showcased his love by sending his son, Jesus, to die. Jesus, the creator, is also Jesus, the savior. And all you have to do, all that's left for us to do is believe, is believe. Let me show you a couple of verses. I'm gonna start with these. We highlight them because we love them so much. There's many other verses in the Bible that say the same things, but to me, these are the best. John three sixteen. God so loved the world, okay? What's the world? That's you. That's me. That's everyone watching. That's everyone listening. It's everyone in this room. It's everyone in every country and every person that's ever been conceived. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Of course, that's Jesus. And whosoever, again, that's everyone. I love the word whosoever because I'm part of that. You're part of that. Believeth in him. Now, this is where it's different. Most religions, all world religions teach you, you have to do something to be saved. But the Bible doesn't say that. It says, whosoever believeth in him. Believing is not a work. It's just trusting in him. He did it all. He did the work. He did all of it for you. So why are we trying to save ourselves? We can't. It's when we fully realize that he paid it all. You believe in him. You should not perish, which is eternal separation in hell, the second death. You will not perish if you believe in him, but have what? Everlasting life. That's paradise. That's good news because we can't do it ourselves. He did it all. Just believe in him. You say, it's too simple. Okay, let's look at these verses. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace, what is grace? Grace is something when we receive something that we don't deserve or we don't receive something that we do deserve. Okay, so for by grace are ye saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from eternal separation from God. Why did God create hell? Wouldn't that make him a monster? Well, God created hell for the devil and the demons. We all agree that's where they should go. And there's certain people that have committed such heinous crimes that we all feel should go to hell. But the honest truth is we all deserve hell. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. So we need to be saved. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Again, that's the same word as believe. Faith is not Anything I do, it's just trusting what he did, the work that he accomplished on the cross through faith and not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. A gift is so beautiful. It's something that you 
You give someone and they just receive it. They don't pay for it, they don't work for it. If they pay for it or work for it, it's not a gift. So if you think my religion can save me, my works can save me, my friends, you're still in the garden of sin. You gotta realize that the garden of agony and the garden of triumph paid for those sins and you just need to receive that by faith. It's a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. No one will stand in paradise saying, I deserve to be here. We're all gonna be there saying, we're here because of the blood of the lamb. We have put our faith in him. And at the very moment you do that, you are saved for all eternity. There's no doubt in my mind, I'm on my way to paradise, to heaven, to the eternal garden, not because of me, but because of him. I've trusted in him as my only way to heaven, Jesus, and you can do that too. We deserve the second death, which is hell. Praise be to God, he loved us so much. Jesus became sin for us on that cross. He became sin for us, and then when we put our faith in him, we are given his righteousness. We can try to be good and turn over a new leaf and go to church and be baptized and all of these things, but you know what? We still have sin. He had none. He became sin. When? When he died, he said, it is finished. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's when he became sin. He paid for that when he said it is finished. That means it's paid in full. And when you believe in him, you have eternal life. You're always saved. You say, what if I let go? He's got you. You're in his hand. It's so simple. We would love to talk with you more about salvation and understanding these four gardens and how the Garden of Eden where we messed up is fixed by Gethsemane and Golgotha and that we can spend eternity in paradise, the Garden of Eternity. Oh, I hope that you're going to be there. Can you imagine if you're not? The, other, the only other place that the Bible talks about is hell. And your hell has been paid for. Jesus paid for your sins, all of your sins, your past, present, and future sins on the cross. And he's inviting you to simply believe that he is God, the one who died for your sins, the perfect human sacrifice. And he rose again and he's alive and he wants to save you right now. Say something like this, Lord, I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. But right now I believe that Jesus is the son of God who died for my sins and who rose again. And that simple act of faith will save you right now forever. And that's the good news of salvation. And that's how you'll find yourself in the garden of eternity, paradise. If you have questions about that, please contact us. 1-800-78-GRACE is our phone number. 1-800-78-GRACE. If it's after hours, leave a voicemail or go anytime to our website. There's a lot of great material there, videos and, and articles that will help you. And that's ingraceradio.com. Now, tomorrow on our Friday and our weekend edition of Ingrace, we're gonna be featuring part three of Discover Hidden Israel 2. It's an exciting series where I travel all over the wonderful, beautiful country of Israel. And we filmed in the temple area underneath and above the temple in the Temple Mount. We talked about the temple in Jerusalem. We talked about the city of David 
and we went to what might be Melchizedek's altar and David's altar. And then the one we're going to play tomorrow is Ancient Micmash, Finding Courage, where Dr. Scott Stripling and I go and try to find the route that Jonathan and his armor bearer took to defeat the Philistines. And then the fourth part of the Discover Hidden Israel 2 series is Ancient Shechem, where Scott and I go to Joseph's tomb and Jacob's well, and we have an amazing experience at both places. Now, you want to listen tomorrow to Ancient Micmash, and that's really marvelous, but you're probably going to want to see all four of these. And so when you support in grace with a gift of any amount, let me send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as the way we say thank you for sharing the gospel with more people. If your gift can be $35 or more, let me send you three, all three of our Discover Hidden Israel series. With a gift of any amount to In Grace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series. And with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive In Grace's entire Israel bundle, including eight video series filmed in Israel. Call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to In Grace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.